It's the Playhouse Podcast with Kat and JJ on demand, even if you're on the can. Dude, come on. You love her. She's amazing. She's the mother of your children. She's a great wife, but she's probably not cut out for management, or at least that's what you think. The email we got from a guy named Caleb is something you should hear. It's coming up towards the end of the podcast here, but here we go. Get out with LPP. Can you help me? people's problems and if there's ever something you want to throw on the radio and see if we can get some uh, you know good advice from our listeners hit us with a dm an email even a text message we'll do a little bit of research and that's what we usually do we want to find out just enough that we're like yeah i think this is going to be good for the radio but we still kind of want to be able to give you our honest first opinion so when macy said hey thinking about getting back in the dating world we're like all right well there's got to be a catch and the catch is so i'm four months pregnant and I just want the world to know that I'm not dead. I'm still a human, and I still have needs. And I want a boyfriend. I want to start dating. So from your text, it made it sound like you don't have everybody on board. Who is not loving this idea? My family and my friends are just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, take care of yourself and the baby. You don't need, like, a man to, like, you know, spice things up. Like, yeah. He, what if everything goes wrong and there's all this stress on you and the kid? But, like, I'm not trying to find a replacement stepdad, you know? I mean, it's, I just, like, want to date. Like, it's fun. Did you say like, you're not looking for a stepdad here? You're not looking for a daddy? You're looking for a date? Yes, I just want a relationship, you know? I, I'm not trying to replace his father. Well, where is the father? Yeah, so he he left three months ago. He totally bailed, was not into the idea, and I was like, I'm not getting rid of it. I'm not. I'm keeping the kids, you know? Okay. So he, I don't need him. I'm, I'm perfectly fine, independent. I'm ready to raise this baby, but, you know, I want to start dating. I'm not, I don't want to, like, miss out on my life. I'm 26. You are, you're, you're not the only one that does date pregnant. I want to know if there are guys out there that this would be a deterrent. Maybe there are guys that are a little bit older and more mature that are like, no, I'd love I'd love to have a baby right now, and she's got one on the way. I can guarantee that if you Googled <laughs> pregnant fetish, about a billion websites would pop up. I don't want her to get an OnlyFans. Go on a website. <laughs> there it is. I, gu- I guarantee you, like, if there's one for... Listen to me. Don't listen to him. If there's a farmer's only, there could be, like, a pregnant only kind of thing. I mean, there's got to be <gasps> yeah. one out there. Maybe a farmer would want me, though. That would, that would maybe back at work. You into farmers. Farm okay. They're hardworking men. And they yeah. apparently love having about 12 kids around, so. <laughs> Talk to Macy a couple of seconds ago. This is what's going on in her life. So I'm four months pregnant. I just want the world to know that I'm not dead. I'm still a human, and I still have needs. And I want a boyfriend. I want to start dating. So, dating while pregnant. This is a whole can of worms that we've never really talked about. She doesn't want to miss out on her mid-20s. Her parents and her family are all saying... Concentrate on you and the baby. So Lissa texted and said, I tried to date while I was pregnant. It was okay for a while, but then I decided to hold off and focus on my child and the life first. That was the best decision. I felt like it helped me fall into um, a possible unhealthy attachment to just being with someone uh, because I was feeling alone. It's very true. I think your longing, your emotions are all over the place. Your hormones are all over the place. You got to just focus on the big challenge that is coming ahead, which is the baby. Hey, Jen, you tried uh, dating while you were pregnant too, huh? Yes. And how'd that work out for you? 
got married. Oh, it worked out. Okay. This is a happily ever after. So I love it. How far along were you when you started dating this person? I was like three months. Okay. And you were up front with this person? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, it, uh, and he didn't like run we were, away. That's amazing. Nope. Yeah. Okay. It took us a really long time to get married. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're talking like we got married 20 years later, but... What were, what were the initial struggles there? I mean, you're you're pregnant. You're going through everything that's in a pregnancy. Uh, I mean, has he had he had kids before this? Um, he had a son. Okay. Um, but we dated while I was pregnant, and then he kept saying he wanted to have more kids, yeah. and I was like, "Well, I don't know if I really want to have more kids." Uh-huh. So and this was your I, first? No. Oh, this was okay. my third. Got it. And it both been down the road then, so I can understand that. I think this would be far more difficult if it was each of your firsts. What about the dad of the baby that was in your stomach when you started dating? Where where was he at? Prison. Prison, okay. This just keeps getting more interesting. Uh, but you guys are now <laughs> married. And everything's good, and this is a happily ever after, and so it's definitely possible for, for, to make this happen. It definitely is. I got you. I got you. All well, right. thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. It's a very interesting angle. I want to bring Ashley on the show real quick. How's Ashley? I'm good. How are okay, you? Okay, good. I'm sorry. Did we surprise you? <laughs> no, I just have my phone on mute. I got you. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, so what, what are your first thoughts on this whole thing? You're dating. You're four months pregnant. You want to start dating again. What are you thinking? I don't think it's appropriate. Okay. I really don't. You think she should just wait and focus on the real deal, which is the baby. How is she going to function? Yeah, what's inappropriate? I mean, the inappropriate part is wanting to be with a man while you have another man's child in your stomach. You know what I mean? Like, if you decode her message, she's basically saying she's lonely. She didn't want to go through this alone, you know, and she has, quote, unquote, needs. We all have needs. Go to a store, get something to help you with those needs, and have your baby. You know, like have some respect for yourself and the baby. You can't snuggle with what you get at the store. Trust me, I've tried. So it is yeah. maybe Whoa, that mean, they too. Teddy, they got oh, like time. Oh, oh, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, all but right, emotional yeah. support maybe is what she's asking for too. But I think I think more often than not, it's not going to turn out like Jennifer, who we just talked to, right? Like that's a best case no. scenario that you end up marrying. Somebody that accepts you for being pregnant while you're dating. That's very, I think it's very rare. And that's a weird scenario because if that man wanted to be with you while you were pregnant, you guys got married, you should have gave him a baby. There should have never even been no question about that. That would have been her fourth though. One of the things you guys, nobody's really talking about here that I do need to get for sure out there before we wrap up this conversation. Can you imagine dating a pregnant girl and taking her the food bills at these restaurants, can you imagine that? A break a guy having to take a pregnant chick out to dinner all the time. I mean, I'm so good glad Lord. you're it's, so mature. I, I just can't even believe it. That guy's going to get a fourth job just to date that girl. I think it takes a very strong man to step into this role. I think that it's uh, it's a lot to deal with. 
I personally would want to just do me. Yeah, no, I think it's stupid. (laughs) In sports, we uh, finally got the word. Breaking news in the NFL. Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey is retiring after 13 seasons. 36-year-old was clearly emotional on the sideline at the end of the 32-9 loss to the Bucks in the wildcard round on Monday night, finally leaving the field for one last time. He reportedly informed his teammates in the postgame locker room that he was retiring. Have you watched on Amazon Prime the Jason Kelsey special? No, I haven't. It's very good. Uh, it shows the on the field, off the field life of him, and you get to know like your favorite sports stars. And so you got a family and stuff, or not? Oh yeah. You, you don't know anything about it? I really don't know much about him oh, at all, to be honest. Kylie's his wife. She's like this hardcore. She used to play field hockey, so she's like hardcore um, RBF, but they have two. Now they have three kids, but um, yeah, just like so normal. I just know how talented he is, and yeah. uh, rarely, I mean, because his brother is dating Taylor Swift, he's one of the most known linemen in the NFL. Otherwise, yeah. these guys don't get a whole lot of recognition, but uh, obviously he's headed for the Hall of Fame. All right, Tesla owners in Chicago, they're upset because their cars won't start because the battery is dead. No juice, it's still on 0%. This is like three hours this morning being out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. Yeah, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. Just, oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. It's not plug and go. <laughs> you have to precondition the battery battery, meaning that you have to get the battery up to the optimal temperature to accept the fast charge. So this is going to be difficult moving forward. I mean, uh, obviously, we're going to get at least one of these cold snaps every year. Uh, I'd be interested to know if anybody uh, that's listening uh, drives an EV and you've had trouble with it. Odds are if you're downtown Chicago, you're in one of those outdoor parking spirals or something. Or you're on the street. And it gets very cold off the lake there. (laughs) Have you ever sat there and you're like, I could open a store and be pretty successful with stuff like a baseball store or like um i want to open a pool hall yeah you could open a pool hall you could do something like that jennifer coolidge was talking about one of her dreams always want to have a vacuum cleaner business (laughs) did you (laughs) shut up (laughs) for real yes kind of yeah what would you call it um suckies (laughs) (laughs) and it would only sell a few i would only sell a few at a time i'd have like three in the window and that's all i would have and i know this is hitting close to you because your nickname in high school was hoover oh yeah yeah. uh... you suck (laughs) i want to open a business so hers obviously would not be uh fruitful because she'd only have three vacuum cleaners at a time but i feel like the concept of mine is really good I don't know how well it would do, but like people would send me in the morning. Like, is this the cereal store? No, this is the this is the. Is this the yoga store with the no no no? Shmoga? It's a different. One. Okay, it's a different. <laughs> no, that one was great. That, I'm sure, yeah. It's just overhead. Yeah. So <laughs> this would be called time for a pinch, mm-hmm. and time would be T H Y M E. So punny. People would send me the recipe of what they're making because no one wants to go out and buy all of these spices that they'll never use. They'll just sit in their spice cabinet and I would have all of them at my store and I would just have a little baggie and they would come by like a cocaine bag, you know, like that. No. And they would just throw me some cash and I'd throw them the ingredients that they'd need for that night's meal or whatever. So you would look at their recipe. You would determine what kind of spices or seasonings they would need. Two tablespoons of salt. You'd mix it all into one little baggie, and they would just drive by, and they'd say, hey, order for 
Vanessa. Yeah. And you'd say, all right, here you go. And maybe you'd she's got her- five meals to, to do. And all you want to worry about is, is, you know, the main ingredients, like your proteins and stuff. You don't want to worry about measuring stuff. I got you. And everyone at one point when you're cooking, you're like, ah, if I could just get a pinch of this, go run over to the neighbor and get a little pinch of this because I don't have it. So may feel like a dumb idea for those that don't cook, but the people that do make food for their families. I feel like it would be. I don't think you're stupid, but that is the Stupidest idea I've ever heard. Stupidest is not a word. Most stupid idea. Um, It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I, and then I do it out of my house because I'm not going to pay for a building to do it out of. I'd have every strangers coming to your home. I'd have a spice room. Then whatever they need, I'd go down with my measurement tools and I'd create their little baggies and they're set to go. This could very well be the stupidest person on the face of the earth. Time for a pinch. Swing on by. I'm I'm setting up a Facebook page as we're talking about this. I hope somebody steals it. I hope somebody gets it set up before <laughs> you do. And they just write, this is the stupidest thing in the history of the world. Don't stop by Cat's house for seasoning. Time for a pinch. Wouldn't that be great? And then he starts slipping some cocaine in there and they don't even know it. They'll keep coming back. Yeah. Be like, well, That's how you get stuff? them. <laughs> One of the things that I've been super conscious about are the pipes in my home. And we have a walkout basement. Yeah. And... We have a, a wet bar, and some of the pipes for the wet bar run on the outside wall. So when it gets this cold, I leave it at a steady drip to make sure that those pipes don't freeze solid. Mm-hmm. I'm also always very concerned with our hot tub. Now, it stays at 104 degrees. It's got a great cover. It's really well insulated. It's a good hot tub. But I, at least daily, when it was as cold as it was, do just a quick walk around. I go downstairs, turn on the water. I walk around the hot tub. Well, as I was walking around the hot tub, I did a full 360 yesterday and uh, kick something. And I had like my slippers on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my yeah, house shoes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I was like, wait, what is that? Well, as my son had been, my oldest son had been home from college for Christmas break. He had several parties down there. Don't mind. I like mm-hmm. his friends. One of the nights they must have... All got in the hot tub, which Ew. is fine. It's not It's not nasty. That's why we shock it. That's why I run chemicals through it, because they're dirty boys. Yeah. But some of them had left cans, tall cans of mm-hmm. bush light outside. Yeah. And they had completely frozen solid, like so solid. But they hadn't exploded, right? So the can yeah. held itself. And so yesterday, I was just, I should show you the video. It was kind of, it was dopey, but we have a, a, you know, a security camera back there. But yesterday for about five minutes outside, I was standing there in a pair of gym shorts and a hoodie and slippers and socks, throwing a can of beer up in the air to see if it would explode when it hit the ground. Oh my God. Over and over. And I'm doing this for like five minutes. And then finally I'm like, I'm like too cold. And I didn't even pick the can of beer up. So it's still just laying out there in my back patio. Right. And so I look back at the video and I'm like, you're such a, like when I'm left alone to do nothing and I don't think anyone's watching, most of us are a little bit afraid of what you're going to do. You maybe pick your nose, maybe whatever. But mine is like such a different level right now. And I hadn't realized that (laughs) when I don't have anyone to talk to or anything to do, it's like the devil's playground. I don't have anything constructive going on in my life for a few hours a day. You can't find anything to do. I came home Any yesterday from the gym join? and uh, and I was thinking about, oh, maybe I could take a nap, but I was too juiced up from my pre-workout. So I did a little work on my phone 
and I had Better Call Saul on in the background. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, we'll do the chores. Let's empty the dishwasher. Let's fold up the laundry. Let's go downstairs and make sure the water's running. Like, I say you brush off your puzzle skills and we go to that one place. Who's in puzzles? Yeah. Where was I, it? Was it in Aiken? What did Piers? she say? Did you say Piers? It was maybe? in Piers. Is it Frosties or what does she call it? But you get to, you get drinks. You get drinks while you do puzzles. And make money. Two drinks for a 500-piece puzzle. Four drinks for a 1,000-piece puzzle. My ADD doesn't do well with the puzzles. I can't sit very long and just do that kind of stuff. But, uh, you need some Adderall? No. I, I got a guy. I, can, <laughs> I need spring to get here. I need something <laughs> to do in the afternoon. Woo, that's a whole lot of chatter. We're talking $4,000 cash and tickets for the St. Cloud Craft Beer Tour. It could all be yours if you're listening at 8.40 Thursday morning. Now, back into the podcast. You gonna go see Grandpa? I am gonna go see my Grandpa. It's been a while. The last time I saw him was like 15 years ago. Like, I talked to him a lot, and we converse on Facebook, and uh, we have Skyped, but he doesn't live near here, and so I get to go see him, and I'm very excited. Right so, um, I've showed you his estate before. He's a very wealthy man. Unbelievable. And uh, he has invested in things that I think he thought were going to be um, life changers for for humanity almost, you know? he's he, he thinks big. And one thing I love about him, and I remember just from as young as I can go back, is that he has this walking cane. And the walking cane at the very top has like this circular um uh, what 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 would you say I showed it to you a while ago what would you say that matter is is it like um it's see-through but inside is a mosquito yeah it's uh it's like a gel yeah and he used to get us that kind of candy like inside the candy would be like mm-hmm. a, a chocolate grasshopper you'd have like a sucker and there would be a a praying mantis inside whatever he always loved that stuff but he knew that one day a mosquito could change the way that we interact with a totally different species. Weird. Yeah, he would just talk about it all the time when I was younger, and I feel really bad that I haven't spoken to him about it, but when I went 15 years ago, it was, like, awful because we went to the island that he had purchased, and on this island were all of these creatures that he paid other people to create prehistoric creatures. My mom had no idea what she was sending me this into. This was your grandfather. This is my grandfather. Okay, hold, hold that thought one second. He hey, good morning. How are you? Good, yourself? Good. What's going on? Why are you calling? It's going to be Jurassic Park. Hey, it is. Yes. We've got email. We've got email. Got email. Got email. We've got email. All right. So this came from Caleb over the weekend, and I said we'd get to it. Uh, he just sounds like he's very concerned about his wife. He says, hey, guys, I'm hoping you could help me figure out how to nicely tell my wife that she's not supposed to be in management. He said, on paper, she's got it. She's smart. She knows her stuff. But her heart, though, she is the sweetest woman and wears her emotions terribly. She loses sleep. It makes her sick. Uh And she had a board meeting last week and found out that she has to lay off five employees, three for downsizing, and then two because they just aren't performing well. And her mind goes to all of these different places where they have kids, they have this, they have that. So she's been making herself really sick about it. Some people aren't made for management. Some people um, should be behind the scenes getting paid for doing a ton, but then leaving that hardcore stuff up to other people, you know? I got this crap dumped on me a few years ago. Yeah. We had to make some changes. 
And there is nothing that I've had to deal with in life more gut-wrenching and causes you more anxiety than knowing that in four days you have to look a grown human in the face who has a family who's doing an amazing job. Yep. But because the job has changed, you need to let them go. Yeah. It is. And it sucks. And there's nothing you can say. And then when they say, well, couldn't you do this? Or couldn't we do this? Or couldn't we do this? I mean, you are such a middle person. And it is, uh, I would not wish this on my worst enemy to have to look a grown human in the face and say, I'm sorry you have to go home to your family and say you don't have a job anymore. But it's not because you screwed up. Yeah. It's because of things that are out of your control. It's horrible. So I don't know if that can be taught. She sounds like she has too pure of a heart to be in a position like that, which is really sad if you have what it takes to lead Here's but just the not dealing with that stuff. I think the people who are good at this have just had to do it a few times. Yeah. You have to get reps in, and then you realize how to do it a little bit more efficiently, yeah. a little bit more band-aid-y, a little less emotionally. People that have probably had to go through laying people off a dozen times yeah. probably don't lose sleep over it anymore. It's those first couple of times. Or if you're working with somebody who's really, really a good friend, Oh, you got to go back up to management and say, you guys got to pull this trigger, especially if you're a newbie and you're kind of new to management. You've got to get someone else to do this for you. This should be an HR job. Should Caleb even have that conversation with her? Because (sighs) telling her she's not made for management could come off like you're not made for this position, which is not true. He's saying that she's very intelligent. She knows what she's doing. But how can how can you have that conversation? I mean, you, you care about your loved one. And you want them to not get sick. I mean, you can eat. Look at me. You can easily worry yourself to, to being colonless. No matter how you put it, it's going to make it look like you don't have confidence in them. Right. So how, how do you deliver a message like that? You ever been in this kind of situation? Can you offer any suggestions whatsoever to Caleb? So again, if you're just checking this out right now, uh, his wife got this gig. She now knows that she's got to lay a bunch of people off. And she's probably not built for this. Like, some people are just a little more callous. If you missed the email we got from Caleb a couple of seconds ago, pretty simple. He's worried about his wife. Yeah, he just said that he was hoping we could help him figure out a nice way to tell his wife that maybe she's not supposed to be in management. I don't know if that's the right route to go, but he says on paper, she's got it. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. But her heart, though, like, stress makes her very sick. And he said that she wears her emotions terribly. She loses sleep. Uh, She gets physically ill and that she had a board meeting last week and found out that she has to lay off five employees and three for downsizing, two because they're not performing well. I feel like the ones that are not performing well would be much easier than the downsizing conversations that you have to have, because then you can just say, listen, it's on paper. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But is that even a conversation that Caleb needs to have? I think just supporting her and also maybe just like, Pumping her up a little bit. Well, you like, wanna, girl, you got this. You want to offer any tips you can to make their life easier, right? But it just never really is. You just got to kind of get this you done. You can't help a worrywart, to be honest. Like, I've been trying to crack my mom for how long has she been on this mm-hmm. earth? And it, ain't it gonna work. is not working. Jim, been through anything like this? Uh, yeah. we. I was a bricklayer at one time, and we worked on a lot of schools. And uh, the front entryway of a school is where you always put your best bricklayers because, you know, when everybody comes in, they want us look and boy, that really looks nice, you know? Yeah. So 
there was a there's a bricklayer. He was a little subpar. His name was Gary. He was pretty proud of himself, but he whatever. So it was layoff time, and everybody it gets kind of cutthroat at layoff time. I mean, you you're trying to do better than the next guy, so you stay on, you know. So I he was working in, and I was working in the entryway too. And he said, you know why I'm working in this entryway because it's fussy. And uh, I looked at him. I said, oh yeah, fussy. So. A little while later, I talked to the foreman. I said, hey, Gary said he's in the entryway because it's fussy. And he said, no, no, no. Gary's in the entryway because I'm going to lay him off today, and it's closer to his car. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the kind of guy you want in management that is strategic like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it kind of brought him down a little bit. But anyway, have a great day, JJ. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, see you later. Bye. (laughs) He doesn't care about you at all. (laughs) never Uh, does. Which which is uh, a lot of our listeners are like that, so I appreciate you. Uh, Bailey, I appreciate you holding. Now tell us about your husband. I know he's in a tough spot, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for my husband. He he actually, he just got promoted to a management position at this company, but it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic now because... So he's pretty close with, like, the warehouse workers, and he just found out that nine out of the 22 of them are planning on walking out. Oh, that's a big one. Like, yeah, so a large chunk of the company. So now he's in a tough position where he doesn't know because now he's management. Should he let the CEO be aware of the situation? Should he give them the heads up? Or is it now his responsibility to kind of figure out how to make it right with them before they leave? Yeah, I think you have privileged information here that you can work with. Like, this is, you can low-key make this a hero situation, I think, for your company. Yeah, if you could even just figure out the pay situation, that's the whole reason. You know, bosses can be jerks, but still make people happy with pay. You know what I mean? If they're that far removed. I mean, most of us don't want to go to work, right. but money means everything, right? Right. But then it's that, it's that in between where it's like he doesn't want to break the trust. It's like he's now stuck between being like, you know, respecting uh, yeah. that kind of personal relationship he had versus like, you know, stepping up to this new managerial role and like siding with the CEO. I hear you. I just, yeah, he's kind of stuck in the middle. Now, uh, Bailey, I'm going to put you on hold here for a second, but this is the reason I've been doing less and less around here. I'm not looking for any of these situations. I'm looking to do less. I'm looking to to talk to less people. I'm looking to be in less meetings. I'm just looking to do less. That's a good look. Yeah. Um, and uh, Well, I'm not hiding it, so it's different. So Dave texted and he said, I work in HR, and when you have a reduction in force or layoff, it should be done by HR. Which is very true. You right. guys are, um, you go to conferences, you learn how to do stuff like that. But he also says it's very important to rehearse what you say, like a mock termination. So can I mock fire oh, you? Please. I'm going to mock fire you. I think this would be amazing. Go on. C- come on. Shoot your shot. I did. Why don't you come on in? Take a seat. What's this about? Um, this is about of you not hey, having any Before you get too far into your- this, I have so much on you. I just want to put this out here that I have files and files and files that I would hate to become public on you. But go ahead, keep continuing. Well, I will go ahead and counter that and say that I have video, audio. <laughs> I have email threats that you put I can go. video cameras in the bathroom now? I did. An yep. upper decker is and not I, a fireable I offense. I caught you peeking at other people. <laughs> 90210 star Shannon Doherty has been dealing, I feel like, with cancer for 10 years now. It just keeps coming back. Now she's at, at stage four undergoing treatment, but also, you know, kind of facing imminent death, maybe talking about her funeral. There's a lot of people that I think would show up that I don't want there. Like, I don't want them there. Like, they don't really like me. (laughs) And you know what? They have their reasons and good for them. I don't mind my fans showing up. Like, those are 
that, you know, those are people who've supported me my entire life and my career. They and, love you. And I love them. Like, that's different. I'm talking about, like, people that really don't like me. Jeez. <laughs> are there people that you want me to show away if they show up? No, as long as they bring some money. Don't bring money to a funeral. Sure you do. You bring money for the family. It's not a wedding. You do not bring money to a funeral. Oh my funeral. god, you don't drop a card in there with some money for you their drop memoriam? A card. No, 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 no. You have to be putting a minimum of twenty dollars in that card if you go to a funeral. Never. You have, I've uh, never ever you heard are of that. Just when I thought <laughs> I cannot believe one, thankfully, I don't go to many funerals. But I have never ever heard of, of a funeral money do. box. Of course, you put a, a, a twenty, at least a twenty dollar bill in the card or what? Of course, you do. I just went do. to a memorial where you just sign a a book. That is, I've I never guarantee once there was a place. I guarantee this. there was a place for cards, and you put twenty dollars in a card. Every funeral or wake you go to, That's I can't believe you haven't been doing this. No, I, because nobody does it. Listen, seriously, just. Text, I don't even want to get into a big discussion because I know I'm right here. This doesn't need to waste a whole bunch of your morning. But you go to someone's funeral or wake, you drop in a card for the family, and it's at least a 20 spot so you can help with funeral costs. You can help with whatever the costs are they're going to incur without that person's income in their future, whatever the deal is. You always drop at least $20 in. No, if it's I've a family member, it's at least 100 I've gone to five funerals in my whole life. You've never put money in a basket? Never. Never. No. Jesus. Just. It's not Sunday. I'm so Disturbed that we're even having this conversation. Your parents screwed up. My parents have never done pa- it. The, no they, one has then, ever. Then their parents screwed up. Amy says, yes, you bring. Of course you do. At your funeral, always leave money in a car. I've never heard of this. Absolutely. Every time. If you're going to go there to pay your respects, you throw the family a couple of bucks because it's a hard time. It could pay for funeral costs, whatever the deal is. You always put $20 in, at least $20. Oh, my God. You're correct about this. I've never heard of. This being a tradition. Hey, good morning, funeral uh, funeral cost hotline. I'm JJ. How can I help you? Hey, JJ. I just wanted to tell you guys, absolutely, you put money in a card for a funeral. Listen, I'm not saying I won't. Now that obviously it's a thing, people are calling me disrespectful yeah, right absolutely. now. Absolutely. How, how bad of a person is Kat for not doing this? Well, I mean, if she didn't know, I get that. But, but now I get it. I would love I to help hey, out hey, a mortal family. Do you but... know to, to not? Do you know to not hit old people over the head with a baseball bat? I'm uh, pretty sure. I know yeah, that. and if you were doing it your whole life, don't you think you'd be a bad person? Well, kind of what we're doing with here. I don't think Kinda that's a bad person. Thank you. Didn't know. They, a thirty-five hundred three <laughs> said didn't know that until I moved to Minnesota. Oh really? And this must be a good thing well, because you know, I don't. We are go. Minnesota nice. Yes. So now I know. I, w- I, I won't. I just, now I will never not day. bring money. I, the amount of back surgery Every I'm going day. to need in the few Ugh. years for carrying this show for as long as I have is just debilitating the, for me. The weight of your it's head that's impacting your spine there, you sir. You know, they're so expensive. It helps, you know, cover all the costs. I, unless, you're, unless you grew up rich that. like Absolutely. Kat. The problem is she doesn't understand how the rest of us are and the struggles that the rest of us have had <laughs> monetarily in our life because she grew up with such a silver spoon up her butt. Yeah. All right. Oh, yes. I've heard that. Uh, yeah. But See, I love everybody you, knows. All right. Have a great morning. Thank you for helping out. All right. Let's... Name the dorkiest teacher you had. Dorkiest, I would say Mr. Mr. Leland was my science teacher and he was he was so nerdy. And you can't imagine that he went home to anybody. Like he was always <laughs> at school. His car was always at school. So I wonder if he like slept in the boiler room or something. But he he was always at school. I think the science teacher at every school 
is probably a little bit dorky. So uh, not at Liam's school. Liam's school is uh, Mr. Bankston, and he's like hardcore into athletics, and he's just like okay. this super cool guy. So, um, But Mr. Leland would, he had a gaze about him where he was. Like he was thinking about murder. Yes. Yeah, I know that I'd, look. But he had, if I had to describe him, he was bald and really skinny, kind of like a, came to a point, like a, like a wiener <laughs> a little bit, if I had to say. You know, get it. Hadn't thought mind. about it much, but I came up <laughs> with that exact description. The reason I ask is if you ever had a teacher this dorky, this guy wants to be known as the rapping principal. Okay. And I just feel like you uh-huh. need to remove your kid from this school. The roads are icy, trees weak, branches heavy. There's four inches on the ground already, oh getting slushy, getting busy. Beat no trucks are gassed and ready to plow roads. But yet they stay forgetting. Yay, school is out. Email has been found. Look outside, check the sky, see the snow come down. But wait patiently, everybody's hoping school is out. The word comes out, school's closed, scream and shout, yay. It's time to be back into my old comfy PJs. Oh, I'm feeling good, no alarm, making noise. Can you feel my joy? Stafford's out, school's closed. You do more damage. And there are people that rally this guy. That's why he's doing it again and again. He lives for cold, cold schools out days. As somebody that has mad flow, that killed me. <laughs> that was awful. It hurt me a little. I died a little inside. Like you when got, I that. If you don't have any flavor in your bones, you're not made to do funny stuff like that. I wanted to take a second to give a lot of props to the dork teachers who know you're a dork, though. For instance, science teacher, freshman year. What up, Daryl Goulson? Goulson. Goulson was oh, his last name. Give now, yourself a wedgie. This guy would come in, first off, the long hair, like past his ears, but he looked like he was a member of the Beatles. Yeah. Long, stringy hair, parted down the middle, Ugh. and then the big glasses, like yeah. Harry Carey glasses. <laughs> and But it was the way he dressed. Every day had some kind of, like, corduroys. Or, you know what I mean? Like thick yeah. pant, but they were never blue. They were always a shade of green or gray. Always earth tones with this guy. And every day, the not a white shirt, but a like some kind of a plaid uh, collared shirt with a, you know, the the material ties that it's like a cloth. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then a vest over it, like a sweater vest over it. Give me a year this is happening. 80s. Uh, right? Early 90s. Early 90s. And uh, and and then the shoes. The shoes were like the predecessor to, to dude shoes, uh-huh. but like your grandfather wore them all the time to church. Geesh. And, and this guy, but he knew he was a geek. He would make fun of himself. Yeah, that's he, great. He, he emphasized it when he would try and teach us, you know, how to light a Bunsen burner. Dorks like me have been doing this since we were in the womb. You know, he would do stuff like that. Yeah. But, oh my God, just breathed dork so uh i guess the big thing is is uh, number one if you're uh, getting up and getting ready to go to school and you're thinking i would like to teach the youth of america one day uh-huh. avoid this the roads are icy trees weak branches heavy there's four inches on the ground already getting slushy uh-huh. stop don't do that you're better than that and if you're currently an administrator and you're thinking oh i could be the rapping principal no no don't find your own road find something cool to do run it past a barrage of people 
And if you have or are in a school district where one person says to you, I think I want to do this. The roads are icy, trees weak, branches heavy. There's four inches on the ground already getting slushy. Say no. Be their real friend and tell them this is unacceptable and this shouldn't happen. There's a reason a lot of kids are being homeschooled, and this is one of them. This and, yeah, the school shootings and stuff. (laughs) 